This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, Reet Maris, how's it going? It's once again my pleasure to introduce you to the first ever sponsors of the Blue Army Podcast. That's right, I'm talking about the old fire station Carlisle. And this time we have an event for you that is specially tailored towards the listeners of the Blue Army Podcast. It's a Q&A and an evening discussion with none other than former Carlisle United manager Mick Wadsworth, that's right, Mick Wadsworth, the promotion winning manager from 1993 till 1996. A manager that had such players as Rory Delap, Richie Prokas, and the late great Tony Hopper in his squad. So once again, it'll be a Q and A and a discussion with Mick Wadsworth, which I'm sure will be a fantastic evening. All of this is in aid of Eden Valley Hospice and is taking place on the 6th of May. Tickets cost £12.50. Details of the event and many, many other events are available at the Old Fire Station's website, which you can find by typing in www.ofscarlisle.co. Once again, that is www.ofscarlisle.co.uk. Get your tickets now and don't miss out. It's going to be a great night. My name is Chris Miller. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd and you listen to the Blue Army Podcast. Hello, my name is Derek Combs and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. Um, so yeah, once again, we've been sponsored by the old fire station, mate. Um, I don't know if you if you've ever been to like a legends night or um, or like a, an ex-player talk or something like that before. Uh, nah, not yet. But I think there's going to be one for um, that sort of charity match thing coming up. So I'll probably be at that. 
Yeah, I feel like the, it, it, it's tis the season when you come towards the end of uh, the footballing season. They try and uh, keep things ticking over. And uh, I mean, I've never really been to a Legends Night either myself, or, or like sat down and, and gone to any of these talks. But first time experience. Uh, that, that obviously the event that we are um, in partnership with the old fire station for is a talk with ex Carlisle United manager Mick Wadsworth, as you've probably already heard uh, in the advert there at the start of the show. Now, Mick Wadsworth was a guy who led Carlisle for nearly four seasons. Things went a bit pear-shaped towards the end. I don't know if you know anything about Mick's history with the club, but we we did get promoted under him and he did take us to Wembley at least once. Is he somebody that rings a name for someone of your generation, Liam? Well, I've heard of him a few times in the past and, you know, to to manage Carlisle for four years, you know, there aren't many that manage it really, are there? So... You know, he's, he's, he's obviously a manager that's been successful. And just, just getting Carlisle to Wembley is a big, it was a big achievement in itself. So, yeah, he, he's one I've heard of, from, um, especially from some of the older fans that I've spoken to. Awesome. See, I wasn't too sure when I was taking it on. I've heard of him, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ticking into my 30s now. But I wasn't sure sort of like where the cutoff point is. But obviously the legend does live on when you do well with with a with a with a, a, a hometown team kind of club you know a club that doesn't really have any other team on the doorstep a club that really takes football seriously a town that takes its football very seriously it does uh, extend itself to being able to do these kind of talks and this talk is in aid of Eden Valley Hospice so it's a good cause to get yourselves down to the old fire station on the 6th of May and thank you for sitting through a preamble that was pretty much an advert I know you all saw through what we were doing okay I know you all saw through what we were doing but we've got to do these things to keep the roof above our head okay so thank you very much um I'll get on with the show Reach matters. How's it going? And welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is episode 61. And as you've probably already guessed by the cheery tones of uh, this young YouTube sensationo. That's right. I'm talking about Blue Army TV's Liam Denwood. Nice to see you, mate. Thanks for joining us once again. Nice to be on, mate. It, it, it seems like the last few. Uh few times I've been on the show it's been a lot more upbeat than uh, maybe the times before it um I think the last time I was on Paul Simpson had just been um appointed you, you know what a <laughs> how, how things have really improved since you know big turnarounds man big turnarounds at Brunton Park and uh, yeah because I think the week before Simo took over I had you on as well uh, and I wanted to make sure I got you on back to back them couple of weeks ago because we had a terrible time doing that doing that show maybe we had a terrible time it was looking poor we weren't winning nothing Millen uh, there, were, there was there was rumours of things happening on the training ground lots of players unhappy uh, big fallouts here and there and uh, I mean look how quickly things turned around mate and now we're just on this winning train six in the last seven it's 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 unbelievable, mate. You couldn't you couldn't have dreamt for anything better. Paul Simpson obviously flexing his managerial prowess at this level. I don't want to do Skelly Shitstirer too early in the day, mate. That's one of my new features, Skelly <laughs> Shitstirer. Um, but I'll, I'll throw you a little bit of a warm-up, Skelly Shitstirer. Why not, mate? Do you think because of how well Paul Simpson is doing and the way that football management with teams these days go is that a lot of managers take a job until an end of a season and then they go at an end of a season so there probably will be championship jobs available 
in the summer. There will be League One jobs available in the summer. And Simo's hot property, you've got to say. Do you think that his, uh, his head could get turned once again like it did with Preston? I think if it was any other manager, that's pro- that would probably be the case. But I think this will all depend on... Because I think the things he's been saying in interviews re- recently are really promising in, in that, like... Absolutely. You know, it, if things if things are right, I'll stay and stuff like that. You know, if, if he didn't have any intention of staying, he would be saying, I'm here till the end of the season, I'm not saying anything. But because he's come out and said, he's oh, an I'll honest stay. Man, yeah, yeah and, and honestly, yeah. he's a Carlisle lad. And, he, and you've got to think, I don't think, you, you mentioned championship jobs. I don't think he'll get the offer from that level. Maybe League One if he's lucky, but at the end of the game, you can't really do, I think he's brilliant. But there won't be many clubs out there that think he's he's had seven good games. We should be looking at him because look, I just really want. I'm 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 saying what I want to believe. To be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> I, I I just I just want him to stay. But yeah, I no. think he'll stay. I honestly think if things are right, if if the board can get itself sorted in the summer, I think he wants to stay, and I really like him to stay. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's been some really interesting comments that have came out in the last 24 hours regarding the club's future and Simo's future. And we will dive into a little bit more of that and get excited about what the future holds uh, for us <laughs> Calais United fans. But we've got traditions around here on the Blue Army podcast and we want to keep the good times and the positive vibes going with the Blue Army podcast joke of the week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army Podcast. Right, mate, here we go. Banger for you. Here we go. What kind of key opens a banana? A monkey. Oh, he's done it! He's done it! Taking 61 episodes and somebody has finally beaten me to the punchline. (laughs) (laughs) Outstanding stuff, Liam. Uh, Outstanding. Gold star for you, mate. Gold star for you. That is right, though. It is right, though. The kind of key that opens a banana. Liam, it's a monkey. You're 100% right. Congratulations on being the first person to steal a punchline on the Blue Army podcast, mate. And you know, those congratulations lend themselves very well over to some more congratulations I wanted to extend today on the show. Super Johnny Mellish became a father this week to young baby Oakley. Congratulations to Super Johnny Mellish. And a little side story to this, Liam, is that Johnny Mellish texted Paul Simpson 24 hours before he was supposed to be coming back to training to tell him that he would be attending training that day or something. He wanted to come back a day early, basically. What amazing desire that is. Or is it maybe a lack of sleep? I don't know, but well, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure the performances are going to reflect in themselves. Uh, congratulations to Super Johnny Mellish. And that's just a fantastic attitude. You want Selfishly, as a fan, you know, you don't think about the, the mother and the baby quite as much, but you do You do really sort of take some kind of pride in the fact that he wants to come back to training, don't you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, he was probably just sick of the kid crying, to be honest with you, but <laughs> I'm, I'm really... I, yeah, look, it, it's it's brilliant from him, and I, I'm really happy for him because what the, the world needs more John Mellish's. And we've got we've got we've got a new Mellish in the world. It's just what the world needs. Uh, but yeah, I'm so glad he's he's done that because it's just when you're doing well, it's really good that like 
the media team puts out these little like sort of nice stories to uplift everybody. It, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant thing from John Mellish. I'm I'm super happy with it. Yeah, man. Um, and more congratulations as we move on to the birthdays and take a lovely walk down Nostalgia Avenue. Uh, we're going to start off with 65-year-old Gordon Stanforth. I feel like he picked up some international uh, appearances uh, from that kind of Carlisle era. It doesn't, doesn't really ring a strong bell, but it does ring some kind of bell. Um, Jack Sowerby, another player, turned 27. I think... Um, Maybe you're nodding your head there. I think you remember Jack Sowerby. And there's a yeah, lad called Kelvin Langmead who turned 37. Do you, uh, do you have any fond memories of Jack Sowerby then since he sort of like rings a bell? Did any goal or any kind of performance standing out in your head? Well, he's just, look, he's, he's just one I remember, to be honest with you. There isn't much. But well done. Happy birthday. So I'll be back. It's, not often I come, it's not it's not often I come on here and actually recognise one of these birthdays because it's usually I'm all these like, you... retired players. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm going to give you another one, man. It's another 27th birthday, uh, and I'm talking about Alex McQueen. Uh, he scored a penalty at Anfield. Um, what's the uh, what is that? Is that has to be the only memory you've got? Or do you remember Alex yeah, McQueen at all? Yeah, I remember. I remember. I remember the Anfield penalty. But uh, yeah, just he's just another good player. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to him. And the last birthday on this week's show goes to 30 year old. Uh, a man who had a bit of a difficult time at Carlisle United. We're talking about Jamie Proctor. Um, just a, a large striker who just never really got going for Carlisle. Does that name ring a bell for you, mate? Is he at... I think he's maybe at... He's still at League Two level, isn't he, somewhere? I think he's playing mm-hmm. for Newport County. Is, is, is that the right one? Newport. Yeah, he's knocking about still. Yeah, no, he's I recognise him. Still. Yeah. That's it. Somebody it didn't really get going. I think he's one of those around Kavanagh kind of period signings. Him and Kavanagh kind of fell out, or him and Curl fell out, maybe. I'm not I can't really mm. remember. It's murky, but he didn't have a good time at Carlisle and he wasn't really uh, fondly remembered by a lot of the staff. Now we're going to move on to the Carlisle United news this week. And before we dive into the usual injuries and loan news, which obviously we do have, um, we're going to cover the bad news first so that we can carry on with the good times. Uh, I'm talking about the embarrassment of the Carlisle United, some of, some of, some, let's not accuse everybody in the Carlisle United youth system of being <laughs> so pig-headed, um, but... Some of the young Carlisle United lads that took part in the El Clasico, uh, 520 people attended that game at Guildford Park uh, on that Tuesday night. It was a fantastic turnout, great atmosphere. Hats off to all the staff that were there. Uh, the beers were only £2 a can. You really can't complain with those prices. The pies were spot on, apparently. The burger was lovely. Thank you very much for asking. Um, I'd recommend Guildford Park. <laughs> uh, whenever Carlisle plays away, if Carlisle United are playing away... And you still want to go out and watch some live football. If it's a lovely sunny day like it is at the moment, get yourselves down to Guildford Park. Get Carlisle City some money in their pocket because this performance that they put out against Carlisle United, they deserve a bit more recognition. Um, mate, it is embarrassing though. And especially that it's all centred around, unfortunately, one of the best youth prospects that we have in the team, Sam Fishburne. It's all kind of centred around him because quite literally he was in the driver's seat, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, I think that game as a whole was just, it was a good advertisement for Cumbrian football. You know, you got good attendance at a non-league ground. and it, you'd, 
obviously the underdogs come and win it, which I'm obvi- I'm not happy about because I'm a Carlisle fan. But if, from a neutrals point of view, it, you know, a brilliant game. I still about clap, them? I did clap at the end. I clapped Carlisle yeah. at the end. I had to give it to them. Yeah, they played well. But the three lads that I, I, I didn't think they deserved suspended. But it's just, you know, they're all under 18s players. It was just some stupid thing that they've put out there. And it's not as if they put it out on like their Instagram page or, or their or their, or their Twitter. It, it was a Snapchat story. You know, it's it's. I didn't see it as a, as big a deal. And I think if we go on and batter them five 0 it's not a big deal. It's only embarrassing because you know they 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 shit show and lost. But you know, <laughs> yeah. But honestly, they they've made a fool out of themselves and. Paul Simpson coming down hard on them, which I know he, he, you know, which I've heard he had, he has done. It shows that he's got that a bit. Of, it, it, I thought that was a really positive thing because it shows that he has that authority to do that, which I thought was very important. But yeah, not just stupid children. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, not necessarily the kind of manner that just like sticks to his own role as sort of first team manager. He wants the the entirety of Carlisle United to live under the same roof, to sort of live and breathe the same standards, the same ethos. And he did come down hard, but it's his job to do that. You know, it, it is genuinely yeah. his job to do that. Now on the day, mate, um, did did you go in the end? Were you there in the end? No, I didn't make it. I tried to convince my dad and he was like, I'm not going. I'm not That's driving down enough. just for <laughs> non-league football. <laughs> but I, I, honestly, I, I was wanting to go. I was wanting to go. Uh, I mean, like <laughs> some of the notes on the day, there was a lad number six who was playing for Carlisle City. I think somebody kept telling me that he was a part of the Carlisle youth setup, uh, And he's also Grant Holt's son. What a performance he put in. Um, obviously, I can only remember his second name being Holt, um, but he had a great mm. performance on the day. Very impressive. Every time he picked up the ball, he looked like he was going to make an impact on the play. And the vocals of uh, Dan Kirkup, mate, probably probably the funniest thing I've heard in a very long time. Dan Kirkup was a player that some of you might remember being a part of Cali United's youth system uh, about 10, 12, probably 13 years ago. He's 33 years of age now, about 21 stone. I'm Joking, he's not that big. Um, <laughs> he, he, he cut a figure on the pitch, but the most impressive thing about Dan was his attitude on the pitch. He was a comedian, mate. He was hilarious. Every time he went up for the corner, there was some kind of remark that he was going to make, and he had the ground in stitches. At that level, with only 520 people in the stands, you can hear what the shouts are. You can hear the lads. You can hear Jimmy uh, Tiore having a go at Sam Fishburne. You know, you can hear these moments on the pitch. And... Um, Hmm. Dan Kirkup was absolutely hilarious. He told uh, Tyrese Otomei at one point that he was going to be on the dole next season. Um, but uh, <laughs> there was a bit of crack between Tyrese Otomei and Dan Kirkup where I think Tyrese might have said something like, um, you're only part-time or you're only an amateur or something like that. But hmm. Dan Kirkup turned around and says, yeah, but I do have a full-time job, so I can pay my rent and you'll be on the fucking dole next year. Um, something like that. <laughs> uh, so it, and, and it wasn't only, it wasn't just uh, Otomei that was getting it in the ear. It was every one of Carlisle's uh, attackers in the front line. Sam Fishburne honestly looked... Like he was in Kirkup's pocket for most of the game. It was really disappointing, uh, Sam Fishburne's performance. Now, there were moments in the game, and I have to sort of... Um, yes, Carlisle City are playing in the same conditions, but Carlisle United players aren't necessarily used to playing on such a bobbly pitch 
with so many sort of wigs and whams and ups and downs in it. There's a couple of occasions when Jimmy Tiare looked like he was going to do something really good. And because I was that close to the pitch, you could see that it wasn't necessarily his fault that he couldn't get away with the ball. It was a bad bubble or the way that the ball, you know, he couldn't control it in a way that you would have been able to expect him to yeah. do or what he probably can do at Brunton Park because of the facilities that he has um, in front of him. Obviously, the suspension's bad news. Um, the result itself, going out of the Cumberland Cup, it doesn't really matter. A lot of people have started, started to brush it off, but it does piss you off, mate. It does piss you off. Yeah. Um, it is embarrassing. If it was an FA Cup game, it would be incredibly embarrassing. Um, but hmm. we'll walk away from the Carlisle City coverage, mate. Um, <laughs> that's enough of the bad times. We'll continue with the good times. And uh, th- there's been a little bit of rumours going round in the last 24 hours of takeover talks. Uh, I don't want to get people excited, but um, it's better talking about these kind of things since they are circulating, because I've realised that when I don't cover these things at all, I get comments and messages sent to me saying, Why, do you not know about this? Do you not know about that? And I said, yeah, I know about it. It's just I don't know I've, I have any information on it, so there's no point in me talking about it. But <laughs> when it comes to this, mate, when it comes to sort of like the way that Carlisle are going forward, the way that... Paul Simpson's taken the club and what it's going to take for him to perhaps stay. The biggest rumour going around at the moment, and um, I think I've said rumour enough times now to be able just to come out with some names, is uh, that former owner Fred Story is interested in buying the club back. Um, and mm. that has kind of came around through some comments that Paul Simpson has made in an interview recently when he was asked about his future at staying at the club. And he referred back to what it was like the first time he was around and made some comments about um, what the future might hold. Now, have you have you read any of these rumours? Have you sort of sat in this forum and, and sort of seen these comments going around? There's nothing, there's nothing concrete, is there? There's nothing concrete. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I think I've brushed past, I think I've skimmed past somebody saying something about it once or twice. But I, I, I've learned over the past few years, just not to get involved in these takeover story talks because more, nine times out, well, ten times out of ten, they turn out to be utter bullshit, you know, and, and and there's nothing in it. And I think, I think, if we weren't in so much debt, we'd be such an attractive club, you know. I think if Dean Henderson gets sold in the summer then we'll have absolutely no problems with getting taken over. It's just that that amount of debt that, that sort of worries me because that's what's been the problem all these years. Maybe it should have been paid off with selling players. I, I don't know. But yeah, look, I, I wouldn't read too much into the story thing. And if I would honestly, I would take it. I would so, so take that. But I, I'm not getting excited because because the amount of times that these stories come out is unbelievable. And I, I've stopped believing them now. So yeah, just see what happens in the summer. Let's say, just see what happens in the summer. It's it's one of those it's one of those stories that seems really perfect on paper. Just because it's, it's Simpson comes mm. back, story comes back, the good times come back. It's it's one of those sort of rumors <laughs> that just feels like it was born because it's like almost convenient. In a, in, yeah, in a way, it, maybe. Um, but it is people a rumor. telling stories. It's, yeah, it is a rumor. It's not news. So we'll move on to some news. Um, we'll talk about the injury news now last week i couldn't really confirm the extent of callum guy's injury there wasn't a lot of news on it last week obviously this week it has came out that it's pretty much the end of his season unfortunately getting injured in the cumbrian derby uh, a player that has um 
from the start of the season, having a bit of a bumpy start and then having one-off games here and there where he was stepping up and starting to look like he deserved that armband and looking like a captain that could lead a team. And then definitely in the last three to four games, stepping into that captain role fantastically well, uh, stepping up his performances and along with it, the rest of his teammates. Callum Guy being out until the end of the season. Jamie Devitt being out until the end of the season. To a lesser extent, Joel Senior is out to the end of the season. And I say to a lesser extent because the question that I've got for you, Liam, is how much of an impact are these end of the season injuries going to have on us for the rest of the season? Uh, I think Callum Guy's is probably the biggest out of the three. And it's a shame because it's... You, you know, you you always see it with clubs where you get an injury crisis, and it's because all of the injuries are in one position in the park. You know, like Liverpool's injury crisis a couple of years ago, it, it happened not because all their squad was getting injured, but because all their centre backs were getting injured. And yeah. it seems like that's happening with our midfield. You know, uh, Jamie Devitt and Callum Guy. And I, I honestly don't. We're we're playing two wingers in our midfield now. You know, <laughs> that's that, that's where we're down to. And I think we have got some good backup, and we've got Taylor Charters out on loan. Worse, you know, if if we really need to bring back and if it gets if it gets too bad, we've got him to come in. So uh, Josh Dixon, Dixon and the likes of him. All right, okay, sorry, sorry, go on. Yeah, maybe Josh Dixon to a lesser extent because I think Taylor's a lot more proven at League Two think- level. What happened because of what happened um, and the competition that Dixon is older than than, than Taylor as well. Dixon's been around a little bit longer. Mm. Um, he's had those injuries, but he has shown that he has talent and he's done something right to be able to keep his contracts going at Brunton Park. Do you think with the emergence of Taylor Charters doing so well and the fact that the Cumberland Cup was really embarrassing and Dixon didn't look that good in the Cumberland Cup either, uh, playing against adults and the fact that he, he, he didn't have a loan that was cancelled early because something... Yeah, with... working reds. So... Are you thinking? I'm thinking that this might be it for Dixon. I'm thinking that at the end of the season, I don't think he's got a contract coming his way. And Charters is the yeah, new I hope, think do you know what I mean. Charters is like yeah, new youth yeah. midfield prospect because there's not enough room for both yeah. of them. No, no, there really isn't. And I, I, it's such a shame because you know, when he first got that like first injury, Josh Dixon, you, you had like top division footballers come out and say, you know, giving him support and that saying he'll be back. And then, but I think it was two. He's had two career-ending injuries already by the age of what twenty. I, yeah. I think it's just such a. It's, it's so, it's so unlucky for him. Yeah, yeah. And you can see yeah. it physically yeah. in his body. Exactly. You know, he's not as big as the other. He's not even as big as some of the eighteen-year-old youth lads. You know, you can see it physically in mm. his body. He's not been able to hit the gym as much, or to the extent that everyone else has been able to do it. Maybe. I think what the answer is with him for him as, as, as a player is you've seen some of our other youth players like Brockbank, the likes of them dropping down to like a work it in reds or a Carlisle city level and then building back up from that, you know, drop down and then develop yourself at that level and just keep pushing until you eventually get back into the league too. That's what I think he needs to do because I, I, I there's not a kind of L's chance that he's going to get into this starting 11. Now he's not even on the bench uh, at all. So I, f- I feel like the best, and it's a it's a shame because I do like him, but I think his the decision he needs he needs to make at the end of the season. Go and play non-league football, uh, uh, you know, a higher level as they'll accept you, and just try and work your way back up because he has got potential. Because that potential was there from the very start, and there's a reason he was so talked about when he first came in. 
But yeah, I think he just needs to drop down, work his way back up. Yeah, I have to, I have to agree with you. It's, it's an unfortunate thing for him, but it's, it is one of those things that happens. Carlisle have given him more of a chance than most players would get at that age. And, and, and that, that actually brings up a quite interesting other debate. You know, if, if you're able to send some of your younger players out on loan for seasons, you're able to get their minimal wages covered at least 50%. You know, if you're only paying a youth lad 300, 400 pounds a week with a 50 pound goal bonus and you can get a, a non-league side to sign up to pay 50% of that or a semi-pro side to sign up to pay 50% of that, it might be worth keeping all of some of these lads until they're like 22, 23, maybe even 24. But League Two teams just don't necessarily feel like they've got this luxury or is it that they just don't have this luxury? I just don't think they have the money for it. Um, you, you know, because, and as well, how many are you going to have out on loan? If, if you send one out, you've got to have them all out. And as well, you've got to get these loans sorted out. My understanding is that Gabriel Breeze and who was it Scott uh, Simons, they were both yeah. meant to be sent out on loan during January, but none of them, but they couldn't find a club to take either of them. And it's obviously a very different conversation with goalkeepers and outfield players, but the, the problem is you've got to find a club willing to take these players. I, I can't see it happening for the vast majority of them, and especially with you know Josh Dixon going out on loan. He's failed at work at Reds. So what do you do then? Do you go look at a, a lower level? And and then it, it's a very complicated thing. I, don't, I just don't think that Carlisle, cl- clubs like Carlisle, I don't think they have the money for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting, uh, interesting route to go down. Um, the the other injury news is obviously I think I've co- I think I've said yeah all three all three of the lads that are out until the end of the season: Callum Guy, Jamie Devitt, Joel Senior. Um, Kelvin Meller was back on the bench and called upon in the Bristol Rovers game. A player that uh, probably you know alongside Mark Howard, one of the best signings that we we, we brought in. Um, a replacement for Tanner, very vocal. Um, not necessarily with the pace, but with the experience to organise that back line. And when he was removed from that back line through injury, I feel like he was really missed. Um, Simpson enjoys the fact that he can look on his bench and see a little bit of experience there. I wouldn't expect to see, because of the injuries in the midfield, Mella staying on the bench for too long. I imagine he's going to get moved into right back and Riley's going to be pushed back into his more traditional midfield slot. Wouldn't you say that 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 would probably be the way things are going to be going looking at next weekend? Not necessarily uh, Rochdale on Tuesday, but looking into the weekend that Mellor's going to be probably starting a game and Riley's probably going to get a chance to go back into his midfield role. I think it's it's a difficult situation because something I've noticed with Paul Simpson is that he doesn't like to change a winning team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I feel like another maybe before he puts him back into that right, right back role, have him come off the bench another couple of times, warm him back up to this football. But um, a clue what he's going to do, Riley. It's a very difficult situation because uh, Paul Simpson doesn't like to change a winning team, and I don't. I honestly have no idea. I haven't got a clue what he's going to do. And it's going to be interesting to see. I'd like to see Riley move back into the midfield. The way that the midfield's looking right now is a little bit clueless um, and a little bit of sort of like, uh, it's very defensively shaped with the sort of like the wingers. um, I I don't know. I I just don't know. I, I don't have a lot of like, trust in having the two wingers play in that central sort of midfield role. And then, and then just sort of maybe potentially leaving the other, uh, 
midfielder a bit exposed on occasion and and uh but i could be wrong you know simo obviously knows what he's doing but i feel like riley moving into that position using the experience of meller at right back uh, i don't think it's going to upset the team very much i think it's only going to benefit the team it's going to make us stronger uh going into the rest of the season because let's face it after losing callum guy and jamie devitt we we are lacking experience once again yeah yeah, it's, it's it's as simple as that. You, you look at the midfielders, you've got Jordan Gibson playing midfield. He hasn't really had a full season of playing professional football in, in League Two. He, he's had a few seasons in Ireland, didn't really play for Bradford when he was there. Brennan Dickinson is probably the most experienced one you've got. You've got Danny Devine, who has come in, hasn't really played that much football. It Yeah, it, it's the experience thing for me. And, you know, that De- Devitt and Guy had, and it's going to be difficult to, it is going to be really difficult to replace that. Yeah. Um, so in other injury news, Norman is now available for service once again. Last week, he uh, something else came up. The week before that, something else came up. Uh, but finally, he is available to be called upon again. He was in that uh, squad that faced Carlisle City in the Cumberland Cup and he sat on the bench at Bristol Rovers, so that's pretty much yeah. That's all the injury news covered for us, mate. Um, as far as loans go, we we've already talked about Taylor Charters. Taylor Charters played uh, the full ninety minutes again for Gateshead as they drew nil nil, but remain top of the league, extending their unbeaten run to I believe now eight games. Um, Charters, mate, yeah, like we've already spoken about today, it, it, it's going to be that contest at the end of the season between him and Dixon to see who gets the contract. And Charters, for me, is definitely the player. We've already spoken about this, who's, who's going to get it. Yeah. Um, another player, though, that um, I, I've written down here, the forgotten man. Uh, somebody that in my opinion, hasn't been given the same chances that maybe somebody like a Jimmy Tiore has been given. Um, I'm talking about Mampala. Mampala didn't feature at all for Weymouth, or I feel like this is the third game in a row now. Weymouth crashed out three goals to nil. Do, don't you think that Mampala's really not been given any kind of opportunities just to really show what he can do? And I don't understand why, because when he's played for Carlisle, he's done well. Yeah, when he, when he played in the... Um... The shitty trophy, I forget the Papa John's trophy. That's what it's called. I, I forget what it's called these days. But it doesn't matter what when it's he's called. played for. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's played well in those. He's, he's played well in those competitions. It's just he hasn't really been given the chance at league level. However, when he's gone down to Weymouth, I know he started or came off the bench his first few games, and the manager's obviously seen that and not been impressed with him, and that's why he's not playing. And it, mm. it, it raises the question: if he's not good enough to play at national league level, what chances he have at? At League Two level, and I agree because he has shown bits of promise, but I, I think especially with the position Carlisle, I think if he was here now, we would be getting more chances. But when he left, we were in the relegation battle, and you can't afford to give those kind of players time. You know, when you when you fight relegation, yeah, a victim of time. And um, another Carlisle United attacker who is out on loan is Tristan Abrahams. He only played seven minutes, which is an improvement from last week where he didn't get off the bench at all. Grinsby won their game 
by two goals to one. Both their goals came coming in the first half of the game. Tristan Abrahams was introduced in the 83rd minute of the game and Dagenham and Redbridge scored in the 90th minute of the game. Nothing to do with Tristan Abrahams, I assume. Um, yeah. That's just when the goals went in. Again, I feel like we've talked about Tristan Abrahams being on loan, being more of a money money saving sort of spin and his time at Brunton Park is going to be uh, over as, as quickly as it kind of started uh, come the end of the season you would expect to see his name on the release list and uh, as far as that goes mate that's the loan news the injury news and most of the other news covered but but are you ready for an exclusive that's right um... That's right, man. I've got exclusives, mate. I've got exclusives. Uh, legend game ex- back. We're back. We're back. A legends game exclusive, mate. My good friend Derek Holmes, aka Homer. Uh, me and him have been corresponding a bit in the last couple of weeks. Do expect to hear Derek Holmes on the Blue Army podcast in the next coming weeks. And we're going to try and sell you tickets to that Legends game. But they really sell themselves, to be completely honest. Uh, Derek Holmes has been kind enough to give me an exclusive, which has been approved by none other than Chris Lumston. I have an announcement a squad announcement, a player announcement, somebody who is going to be playing in the match, somebody you might not have expected to be playing in the match because he lives so far away. Probably getting, probably let a lot out the bag already, haven't I? That's right. Michael Bridges is going to be there on the 24th of April at Brunton Park. He is going to be playing... For the Carlisle United Legends 0506 teams, Michael Bridges making the long journey back to Brunton Park. Mate, you've got to think like this would never have happened if if Millen was still in charge and his <laughs> good vibes weren't around the club. Like if we weren't looking like the good times were rolling, this this is just one of those things that would just it would never happen, would it? This Legends game is shaping up to be a really cool event, right? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Am I right in thinking he was in Australia? Yeah, he's, he's got he's basically Yeah, it's basically like uh, he does like the BBC sport. Is that like the Gary Lineker of Australia? <laughs> <laughs> I think he was linked with the Carlisle job as well, wasn't he? So it is going to be interesting seeing him seeing him come back. Yeah, I'm excited. Is is another one of those players that you know is more of my generation than than some of the others mentioned, but. I'm, honestly, I'm so looking forward to that Legends game. It was going to be held at Penrith, but it's now at Brunton Park. I'm so excited for that game, honestly. I can't wait, man. It's going to be so much fun. And um, yeah, get yourselves down there to Brunton Park. I've written it down. Did I say it already? The 24th of April. Uh, it's a Sunday afternoon, so you've probably got the day off. And if you haven't got the day off, get the day off. Get yourselves down to Brunton Park. I'm sure they're raising money for a really good cause as well. And I'll, I'll, I'll get me research and I'll ask Derek all these questions when he has time to come back on the show and speak to you, lovely, lovely listeners. Um, mate, the Legends game is going to be great. What else was great was the fact that Carlisle United beat Joey Barton's Bristol Rovers by one 
goal to nil this past Saturday. And uh, so that means it's time for the match crack. And the match crack always kicks off with Carlisle United's starting lineup for their 1 0 victory <laughs> against Bristol Rovers. Mark Howard started in goal with Joe Riley at right back, Simeu, Feeney, and Mellish, then Armour made up the rest of the defensive five with Gibson, Whelan and Dickinson playing in the midfield with Omari, Patrick and Christian Dennis playing up front. Now, Liam, I assume you were at the game. Once again, I had work engagements, but I, I there's been big crowds recently, like big crowds, yeah. 8,000 crowds. You know, on, 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 on Tuesday night, Carlisle are pulling in 5,000 uh, fans at home, <laughs> the big, big crowds. This crowd was still a big crowd, don't get me wrong. But from what I've heard, the atmosphere was just like even minus, you know, because it, it was only 5,800 and something, which is a great crowd for Brunton Park. Yeah, it's still but, double what we had like at the start of the season. It, exactly. it's, it's still a massive result. But I heard the atmosphere was just extra amazing at this game for some reason more electric more there was a few more nerves in the air maybe um what was the atmosphere like at Brunton Park yeah honestly as even from when I even from over like the last few years when you look at Sheridan when he started doing well it's different even to that because it's gotten so it's the best I've ever known it at the minute and it's because of it's because of Simpson it's fully because of him and it's it's brilliant to be a part of because it's it's you look forward more to going to games now because of stuff like that. You know, you'll never get a team coming up and saying, is this a library anymore? It just doesn't happen anymore because we're <laughs> often louder than the away fans. And I'll give credit to some, to the Bristol Rovers fans because I sit very close to the away support. I'm, I'm right on, I'm on that I'm nearly on that last row before it goes to the away fans. Uh, so I, I hear a lot of what they have to say and get a lot of the abuse from them. I'm not, <laughs> but both sets of fans are brilliant. And I think, one other thing that contributed is that Joey Barton's such a knob that everybody just loved giving him more <laughs> abuse all game. <laughs> and it was oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, from where from where you're sat, you must have heard some you must have heard some uh, some, some choice words that Joey Barton would have also probably been able to hear. <laughs> yeah, and and I had a chat with um uh, Charlie from uh, One Rovers Vlogs after the game, another you know a YouTuber, and he. he he was saying, look, it, it was brilliant from both sets of fans today. And he said as well, just how good, because these two teams were the most informed teams in the league when before this game was played, time points in this game. Both pawers, like said, thought they're going to be out in full. And it was a, just, it was just brilliant. It was such a good game, such a good result. And everything about it was just really, really positive. Yeah, I mean, um, from what I've heard, it was it was a fantastic atmosphere. The final whistle went. There has been more match day vlogs than I've ever seen coming up in the uh, in, in 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 some of the group pages and stuff like that. There's a lot of coverage of yeah. this game. Uh, my favourite one was a lad who who, who kind of just goes to, to random games and um, he's very excitable. He's the sort of person that a pasty can really uh, get, get excited about. And <laughs> um, you probably noticed him around Brunton Park because he's loud. You know, and at half time he went outside. I've seen the video. Yeah, the East Stand. He had a little ciggy outside the East Stand. Uh, you, might, I can't remember what he's called. I can't remember the link. I do apologise. I'm sure if you just 
go on YouTube and type in Carlisle versus Bristol Rovers, you'll find it. It'll be there. Match day vlog. It'll be there somewhere. Uh, but it's a fantastic uh, vlog, and he's quite an entertaining character, that man. So I, I enjoyed I enjoyed that one, mate. Um, in terms of uh, the day, beautiful sunny day, fantastic uh, turnout. The fact that uh, we decided to play Dickinson and Gibson in the midfield and not put in a divine... Uh, to sort of maybe firm it up and not move things around the back line and not maybe push Mella to start a game and move Riley into those positions. It was a little bit of a surprise for me to see both wingers given the opportunity to to start again, especially because Brennan Dickinson doesn't seem to really produce anything other than a five out of ten or a six out of ten performance on the, on, on on a good day. Um, can you can you give us a little bit more insight on on how Brennan did uh, on this occasion adapting to that insight? We know Gibson's doing really well and he's flying, yeah. uh, coming inside and having that more centralised role. But how did you feel like Dickinson's coping with being asked to do that? Dickinson is a player that's been a really weird one for me, and he's going to be one of the ones that I don't think is going to be given a new contract because from what I'm hearing as well, he's the top earner at the club as well. I think his best game in a blue shirt was against Northampton. He put that amazing ball through to Shaw Silver uh, from the from his midfield role from from where the for the first goal came from against Northampton. But to, against um, against uh, Bristol, I, I didn't think he was as good. He, he can't turn. He just seems a bit too heavy to me. He, he, he's that's that's the impression I'm getting from him. He needs to be a, a lot slimmer to do the role that he's been asked to do. He can't turn. And that's the that's the big problem I've noticed with him because he's got that sort of that decent cross, that good pass in him like Jamie Devitt did, but he's not got the shape he needs for it, I feel. And that's what's letting him down. Yeah, I have to agree with you, mate. You are right, he doesn't have that the right shape. He he is a bit more of a he's a bulldog. You know, he's got that, he's got very broad shoulders, he's got very big uh, thighs, very big sort of hips. And it might lend itself to being a good winger. It might. We just don't know that because he hasn't produced um, very good performances at all this season. You could imagine, you know, that Jimmy Tiore type shape having a good impact in a league too, you know, having the strength and the pace yeah. to, to maybe you know, really run at right backs might be, might have been a, a hidden gem for him and it might have been a great weapon for him to utilise. Um, but as far as things go, he just really hasn't hit the ground running at all. And I'm really disappointed in myself for uh, predicting at the start of the season that he'd be the best left-sided winger in the division. Um, but there we go. We'll leave that where that lies and we'll, uh, we'll crack on with the match report. And I'm going gonna, gonna to sort of dissect the goal itself, mate. Um, I mean, it all did stem from reactionary play. The ball went out on the uh, on the right-hand side and Carlisle United were very quick to collect the ball and get the ball back into play. I feel like that was via Johnny Mellish. Um, and then the ball went into Dennis, who was in the midfield, who played a fantastic little sort of... Um, lofted pass into Amari Patrick's path. Now, at this point, Amari Patrick has a lot of work to do. And it looks like, you know, I mean, it's, it's only the 72nd minute of the game, but it does look like he's going into the corner to do a bit of time wasting. That's the kind of way that the defence <laughs> is shaped on him. Um, Armour's there showing some nice support, so keeps the, uh, the defence kind of shape away from Patrick and allows him to sort of adjust and uh, assess the situation. But that skill, 
that skill, mate, like that is fantastic. That little two touch to get round the defender is Suarez esque, you could say. Yeah. And uh, the pass to the inside to then was it was Gibson at that point who made a nice shot that was saved, and then the ball fell to Christian Dennis, who this time decided not to jump into the crowd, probably because of the fear of a stampede <laughs> if he did in the home turf. He might have learned a lesson from the last time he jumped in the crowd. Um, but, mate, uh, I've never seen the bench so happy. I feel like they know that's job done. And when that goal goes in, they know that they've they've been brought in to keep this club safe. They've been brought in to get this club and keep this club in the Football League. And when that goal went in, regardless of if we drew the game or if we won the game at that point, I feel like a lot of that bench felt like that was job done. And rightfully so. What a fantastic job they've all done. And what a great goal. Yeah, honestly, that Amari Patrick bit of skill. Because it's, it's one of those ones where it's like the pass is better than the assist and the goal, you know, because he should have been credited with something. Because that's not going to go towards his assist stats or his goals, but it was probably one of the best things he's doing in the Carlisle shirt. I thought, it, I, I honestly thought from where I was sitting that it had gone out of play. And, you know, with the way the linesmen were acting and the officials, they really weren't on our side today. And I was expecting him to call for a goal kick. And then Dennis scores. For what should be should have been in the second time in his uh, in the game because he got one ruled off for offside towards the start of the game, which very clearly wasn't offside. But uh, oh. yeah, honestly, it was such a good, it was a good, just a brilliant move, brilliant goal. Now I've heard conflicting reports. I've heard that um, Bristol Rovers uh, dominated the game in 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 terms of quality and possession. I've heard that Carlisle dominated the game in terms of quality but Bristol Rovers were allowed to have most of the possession. The stats read that there was a lot of shots, a lot of shots. Now, you were there at Brunton Park. There's only one goal in the game and that many shots. That must lend itself to being quite a nervy atmosphere. Yeah, but I thought we had far, far more. I'm looking at the stats now. I I always think the possession stats are wrong because it felt like we had a lot more of the ball than that. Shots, they apparently had more shots on target, but I think most of those shots on target were like pot shots from 30 yards because they couldn't do anything else with it. In terms mm. of clear-cut chances, we were by far the better team. And I, I just feel we... Yeah, and, and you look further down the stats, corners, you know, 2-11 uh, to in favour of Bristol Rovers, and that's because their shots were just getting deflected out. They couldn't get anything past our defenders, and they one time... No, the only time they ever beat our keeper was when Morgan Feeney cleared it off the line. That's the biggest chance they had. And when I spoke to Charlie after the game, even he said, look, you were the better team today. You deserve to win. And that's been, you know, from the people at the ground that I've spoken to, we had the best chances by far. And we looked by far the better team in, in spells. Possession stats yeah. are misleading, but yeah, I thought we more than deserved to win today. Well, that's it. I heard that, you know, like I said, I heard conflicting rumours, but I, at first I heard that Bristol Rovers dominated most of the game. And then when I was like, right, well, I'll, I'll just quickly watch the highlights now while I'm still at work. I'll watch the rest of the game later. Um, so I watched the highlights and and it was 90% Carlisle in the highlights. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, so I couldn't understand where that was coming from. Um, and so I, I still don't understand where that's coming from necessarily because it did look like Carlisle were doing more with the ball. It did. It did look like Carlisle were more effective when they had the ball in possession. And it didn't look like Bristol Rovers retained the ball quite as much as the stats reflect. Now, mate, 
1-0 the game finished. Carlisle United win once again. Um, but every time I look at the league table, it looks the fucking same. We're still 18th. Um, I mean, <laughs> in terms of points, getting away from the relegation zone, it is fantastic. That does change um, every week. Yeah. And we are now 15 points safe away from the relegation zone with, um, what is it, eight games left to play now. So it's looking great, man. It's looking really good for for us in terms of survival. It's pretty much uh, job done, knocking on some wood. There we go. Um, but <laughs> it's been a roller coaster yeah. for Carlisle United fans this season. It, 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 it's kind of been exhausting, but it's, now it's fun. And we're going to end on a high point, regardless of how the next sort of couple of games go. Before we move on to talking about Carlisle sort of like until the end of the season, the next opponents and things like that, of course, I've got to ask you for your Foxy's feature, Man of the Match. Ooh, I th- you see, it's a really tough one today because they put someone out on Twitter. They usually put a, a poll on for who you think should get Man of the Match. And one of the options uh, for that game was the team. And that, you know, I thought that was nice. It was a team that, but somebody I've seen and I've been impressed with all season is it's you know the ginger Maldini. It's it's got to be Morgan Feeney. He's such a good player. He's so Feeney. so solid and at such Feeney. a young age. Feeney. Yeah, that chant <laughs> that that was said a lot today, and he cleared one off the line as well. It's hard to take it away from Christian Dennis because he scored one and should have scored another because you know it was ruled, wrongfully ruled offside. So it's it's a flip of the coin between them two. But I saw a stat thing. He got man of the match on most of the football apps that I'm on. So, Morgan Feeney, what a player and what a game he had. Uh, Morgan Feeney racking up those man of the match awards at the moment. Um, Obviously, myself, I wasn't there on the day. Uh, From what I've seen, uh, the most exciting player on the day, and this is quite often who I give the man of the match award to, uh, was Amari Patrick. And I'm going to give my Foxes feature man of the match to Amari Patrick. That little bit of skill in the corner leading up to the goal, like he said, it will not reflect any of his stats in terms of assists or anything like that. But it, it does deserve some kind of accreditation and I'm going to give him that accreditation by giving him my Foxes feature man of the match award mate Feige, Feeney is starting to clock up those man of the match awards because of McDonald's injury earlier on in the season Feeney's shooting up through this league table and might be in with a shout of winning the Foxes feature man of the match end of season award um a great result for Carlisle United, as we were saying. I was just talking about the league table. Every time I look at the league table, we don't seem to go anywhere. We just seem to sort of like sit in 18th. And uh, I don't mean to sound uh, ungrateful because at this point, I mean, that's just fantastic compared <laughs> to what we were staring at uh, four weeks, five weeks ago. Um, very safe, very secure. And now you, you, you can see that it's not impossible for us to start climbing the table in the next couple of weeks. We are now in touching distance of some teams above us. The gap above us is easier than the gap below us. Um, so long may the good times continue. We're not officially out of the playoff picture. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put your money on it. <laughs> I wouldn't put your money on it. Um, but officially speaking, we're not officially mathematically out of the playoff picture just yet. Um, but, mate, we're going to look ahead to next weekend's uh, opponents. Obviously, we are playing Rochdale midweek. By the time this show goes out, that match would have been 
played and gone. So we'll look ahead to next weekend's opponents, which are Tramia, who have uh, recently been on a little bit of um, up and down form and they're coming back more recently. You know, they've won three of the last four games but yes you are right in saying they've had a bit of a shaky patch um they've fallen out of the uh the automatic promotion spaces kind of recently and and, and find themselves at the bottom of the playoff pile um obviously you know they're not out of touch with with the with the rest of the uh, uh promotion automatic promotion chasing lot but shaky you're right they are shaky yeah. they are beatable and um, based on the fact that we have beaten a number of teams above them in the last two weeks, uh, yes, we didn't get the win over Newport, but we have beaten Bristol Rovers and we did beat uh, Northampton as well. I mean, at the moment, you can't not fancy us, right? <laughs> you just can't well, you, know, you, you said about them playoff places, and if, if, if there is anything to be believed in that, then Tranmere are the team to beat because they're, you look at that top... If there's 11 points separating the top 10. That is mm-hmm. mad close. And Forrest Green, who were 15 points clear once upon a time, they're absolutely bottling it, like like I said, the word <laughs> start of the season. But, <laughs> but what's interesting about the playoffs as well, though, is if we can somehow sneak in there, Paul Simpson's contract runs out at the last day, like last day of the season, and he wouldn't be in charge for the playoffs unless we organise like an extension. So that, ah! that's a, that. Yeah, that... <laughs> So, you know, that maybe we get there as an incentive for him to stay and sign a new contract. Who knows? But, yeah. Tranmere, I, I honestly, I'm going to that match. I managed to convince my dad to take us down. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's an away ground I've never been to and one that I'm looking forward to a lot. I, I, honestly, I fancy us. I, the last few times I've been on this, on this show, I've predicted us to lose. <laughs> but for once, Go on. I'm probably going to predict that we... Uh, I'm going to predict that we win just this once. Ooh! What's the score, man? Go on, let's go right into the predictions. Go on, what's your scoreline? Three uh, one. All of our scorelines, we we we've we've had a lot of different scorelines. You know, we've had two one, one nil, two nil, one nil. It's it's about time we get we start getting a three one. It's the first time yeah. it would be the first time we've scored three goals in the game. So yeah, do it against them. We're a confident team at the moment and it's only a matter of time until we come up against a team that is shaky and we steamroll them. Um, the Bristol yeah. Rovers team is a team with the, with, uh, with the tail up. Northampton is another team with the tail up. Newport County, another team with the tail up. These are all teams that have good form going into playing against us and we are producing against those teams. Now, eventually... We're going to come up against a team that is stuttering, a team that is arguing on the training ground, a team that is unhappy, and we are going to absolutely steamroll them. We'll get an early goal, and it will just not stop raining. Um, and I hope that that does happen at Tranmere. I have been to Tranmere, mate. You're in, you're in for a bit of a treat, um, I'll be honest with you. Um, it's an old stadium, but they do look after the away fans. Uh, there's plenty of separation between you and the Scousers. So uh, don't worry about any projectiles <laughs> being thrown over. I would say to your dad, though, that you should park on a main road, not a side street. Um, <laughs> just, it's just, uh, you don't want to be going down As long as it's better many. than Barra. Ah, it'd be better than Barra, mate. Honestly, no, it's, I'm only winding you up. It's all just riffraff and rumours. <laughs> it's all just riffraff and rumours. I'll tell you what, um, it can't be much worse than Barra. 
No, really no, it's, it's, it's way nicer. That it's was honestly nice the worst away stadium I've been to. <laughs> no, that Tramere is a nice stadium. That's the thing. It's an old stadium, but it's nice. Like good. it's got the big stands and stuff. It's a good pitch. Like it's a proper setup. It's an actual. It's a professional team, Tramere. They've got their shit together. Um, yeah. Not like Barra. <laughs> not like Barra. Uh, nothing like Barra at Tramere. <laughs> you've got four. You've got four complete sta- uh, stands for a start at Tramere. Four complete right. stands. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not used to seeing that in Barra. Um, well, Makes uh, a difference to the non that they've got a barra, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was at Guildford Park, and, and, and a lot of the a lot of the talk around the fan stands were, uh, "This is better than Barra. This, this is there's less queues at the fucking <laughs> the kiosk." <laughs> yes, there was less people there. Fair enough, but the, the setup at Guildford Park isn't that. You know, if you if like we said earlier on in the show, if you're thinking about going down to Carlisle City for a game, what you might expect when you turn up at Guildford Park is what Barra Stadium was like. Um, but you're in Carlisle still. You didn't have to go all the way over to Barrow, so you got that bonus. <laughs> um, we both made our predictions, mate. So we're pretty much came coming to the end of the podcast and. Uh, like, like we always seem to do at the moment when, when things are going well, we, we go over time a little bit, but there's nothing wrong with that. And um, before I let you go, mate, and I do appreciate you giving me your time, I do like to end things on something new, and that is Skelly's shit stirrer. Um, basically, I'm going to ask you a question <laughs> that might stir up a bit of shit. And this week, Liam Denwood from Blue Army TV, so people know where to send their comments to when you answer this question, I'm going to ask you, if you were Carlisle United manager Paul Simpson, or if you were Carlisle United manager Liam Denwood, um, because this is your own little universe anyway, and you were adopting this exact team with all of these players that we have on loan who aren't getting into the starting lineup, and you wanted to free up some free cash so you could save up a bit of dollar for the summer, you know, let a couple of these lads go early. If you could choose two of these lads to let go early and save a bit of money and start saving for the summer transfer market which two of our loan signings are you letting go that we've got in on loan now yes right um oh very difficult well i think i'm gonna give a cop-out answer i can't even remember his name now off the top of my head that goalkeeper we've got on loan from burnley who just hasn't been on the bench at all oh jensen <laughs> Jensen, yeah, he's yeah, he's gone. He's gone straight away. Um, ooh, definitely gone. not Simeu. Simeu's no, not, not, not even in the conversation. No, he got like Owen Windsor, Mitch, Mitch Roberts, and Otamei. Ooh, it's hard. I think I'm gonna go with. Oh, but he scored a goal for us. <laughs> I was gonna say Windsor, but he's but but Windsor's scored a goal, whereas Omatoya hasn't. But if it Windsor's Windsor's a winger as well, but we're not playing wingers. I'm just stirring the shit. This is what I'm here to do. Oh, um, it's it's. I'm keeping Roberts because I actually quite liked him when he came on. Do um, you? Between Omer, I quite on. Oh, he's just he's a awful. little. He needs to man up. There's he needs the shit for you. There's the... <laughs> There's the shit staring for you. See, it does work. <laughs> I thought he didn't because he, he came on against Salford when we lost, and I thought he didn't play too badly. And as well, we don't really have any cover for that area with Joe Senior being out. So I think it, it, it would be important to keep him. But it's between Windsor and Omatoya, and I'm gonna have to say 
Omatoya. Yeah, not done it. Because even though he scored, scored as well. Yeah, but Omatoya scored as well. Does he? When? Yeah, yeah, he scored on his debut with on, with um, no, he had a, he, with Milan. He had a good game, but he didn't score. He hasn't scored for I, us yet. Oh, really? I thought he scored against. I thought he scored in his first game. But I thought I was there. <laughs> it was win. It was a. Uh, it was Windsor that scored on his first game, uh... and hasn't played since. But Omatoya hasn't scored any goals yet, so I'm going to say just off that, we'll get rid of the goalkeeper Jensen and Bree, uh, not Breeze, uh, Omatoya. That's, That's it. There's your money savers. There's your money savers, um, mate. I like ending things on Skelly Shitstera. <laughs> There's a bit of fun. <laughs> At the end of the show, and it is the end of the show, so thank you very much uh, for joining me, Liam, mate, and uh, thank the listeners for joining us as well. This has been episode 61 of the Blue Army Podcast, sponsored by the Old Fire Station, Carlisle. I have been joined by Liam Denwood. Where can everybody find you, Liam Denwood? Um, Blue Army TV on YouTube is the big one. Um, at Liam Denwood on Twitter and TV Blue Army on Instagram. But I'm not really posting on that very often. They're the, they're the socials. <laughs> All right, fantastic, man. Well, there's nothing else left for us to do but to say goodbye to all the listeners. So, bye for now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans